The Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million for up for grabs. Get all your details at CircaSports.com. And welcome, everyone, to the new Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, part of the College Experience, the college football experience, basketball experience, baseball experience. I'm sure in the future we'll have volleyball. Um, For those of you that know me from the college basketball experience, I am your host, Moneyline Mac, uh, former, former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin, and I am joined by two good friends of mine and they will be the co-hosts as well with me throughout the big 12 college experience the first man up in the middle on for everybody watching on youtube he is uh his family is mormon he grew up byu fans um but he actually lives in morgantown west virginia he is a walking contradiction rambling rush how the hell are you man Doing great. Excited uh, for the family affair of the Big 12. Now with BYU mm-hmm. joining, my great uncle was a professor at Iowa State, lives in Ames. Of course, I'm in Morgantown, so you can see the contradiction there. It's going to be a family affair and a great season of Big 12 football ahead. Yes, it will be. And third man in the box, he is uh, the Big 12 guru, as we call me. His family ties in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. What do we got? Baylor, TCU. He's got them all. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Big 12 guru, Troy Tuning. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. It's uh, it's kind of exciting to get a new show going. Um, I uh-huh. think we're going to have to do like a, a, a volleyball segment for sure later on this year, maybe do some softball or something like that, just cover all of our bases. But you know what we're here to talk about for the next five months? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, fo- football, football rules all. And of course, uh, the first inaugural show. I'm not at home. I'm actually at the beach, so working working through some kinks here with this setup I got. So I got the Coliseum in the background, virtual. Um, but I, I kind of before we dive into the Big Twelve, I kind of want to just talk about how this show came about. We've been talking about it for six. It feels like forever, almost a year uh, behind the scenes with the main guys, Colby, Ryan, Sean, and. They, we've been wanting to expand into the Big 12 and maybe some other leagues down the road, and it kind of just came together when we were out there in Vegas, and 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 they gave us a green light and said, "Hey, uh, you should have three three co-hosts." I said, "I already got the I already got the two guys, right guys in mind." So that's kind of how this has been. It's been like the worst kept secret on the college experience because I know that you guys have been on Baylor, BYU, uh, Rush. You just did Iowa State, so. Yeah. Yeah, no. So everybody go check out all 133 uh, college football previews with Pick Dundee. And we're going to we're going to touch on each team, obviously, individually in the Big 12, all 14 teams. Now, it's not a 10. The Big 12 can never have 12 teams. So that would make too much sense. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Uh, let's let's dive into how first off, how the hell we got here with 14 teams. Uh, two summers ago, uh, that school in Austin and, and Norman decided that they were going to go to the SEC. So 
that kind of put the Big 12 in a uh, pinch. And so at the time, it was Bob Bowlesby. Uh, he, he, he moved quickly. Got to give him credit. Brings in UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. So now we're at 14. We're going to be back to 12 once those two other schools leave next year and go get their ass kicked in the SEC. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you lead it off, Rush. What are your thoughts on, A, the current state of the Big 12, and, B, the future of the Big 12? Current state, I think this is the most fun league in America. I mean, it may not be the best, obviously, with the SEC. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's the league with the most storylines. You know, a couple years ago, before the media deal, the new one that, that came up, there was talks, oh, the Big 12's done. It's going to be the Pac-12. It's going to be the ACC. It's going to be this. They've come in, yeah. gotten the media deals right, got the money right. And now you have so many dynamics. And you're actually, we're at a state in the Big 12 where we're looking forward to not having Texas and Oklahoma, two of the biggest programs in college football that bring in a lot of revenue because of how well they've been able to develop the storylines. And I know we'll talk expansion. I know we'll get in depth of these teams, but it's strong. I think this is, you know, talent wise, we'll, we'll see what comes. Obviously we saw TCU last year. Um, we know it's the best basketball league, but in terms of football, I think this is the most curious league. So it, it's, it's going to be fun covering it. Yes, it's not a boring league. When you talk about the strength of the teams from the top to bottom, the Big 12 is far and away. Like if you take the bottom four or five teams in the Big 12, they're going to go stomp on the bottom four or five teams in any other any other division yeah. or any other league. So it's, all, it's, it's kind of funny that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving right as the league starts to become this like every week yeah. grind. I'm obviously going to miss Oklahoma not being there as like a partial Oklahoma fan, but yeah, they've got a big reality check coming for them. That's I'm not going to go too far. Into it. <laughs> yeah, they they we'll, and we'll we got to shout out Big Twelve basketball for holding it down throughout all of this turmoil, yes. just putting the money in the back pocket the whole time, baby. Oh yeah, I I I think that's a great point too. Like, but like Bullsby did the initial uh, movement with getting the four newcomers, but then what Brett Yormark's been able to do in just over a year as commissioner is really, really innovative. I mean, he's got the pop culture background uh, working for Jay-Z and like, for example, they're going to be going to New York city R Rucker park so that they could play on the playground in, in the summer. Great, great opportunities to tap into that market. He talks, he's talked over and over again about the four time zones, getting BYU being able to play on that as rush would say his favorite time slot, the 10 o'clock Saturday night game. 10 15 baby. Yeah, ten fifteen, and I also think the league is as stronger and more unified, more as as I can ever remember it. And I felt like it in previous years they were just always caving to, uh, to Texas, or it, maybe it was Texas and M, even Nebraska way back in the day. But it's always Texas was always bitching that they wanted a little bit more, thought they were a little more important than they are. And I, I agree with you guys a hundred percent. This league's going to be better without Texas and Oklahoma. Yes, they are two big brands, but this league top to bottom is the best. It, no doubt it's the best basketball league. We, we talk about that all the time. But I also think what Troy said, it's the best football league in terms of top to bottom not having really a weak team. Kansas is, is, is not a slouch anymore. A lot of parody. Something, too, that's uh, your mark is hopping on the train and the Big mm -hmm. 12 is doing a great job of. Um, I, you know, it was controversial at first with the big 12 is obviously it was originally the big eight and it was all those like the Midwest, Midwest, Midwest only schools. And then of 
course is is different schools have, have moved around you know you've had to add a virginia you had to start adding the kind of those outliers regionally but what we saw last year with the big 10 having you at ucla and usc on mm-hmm. is you can either be upset about that and be like no conferences should be regional or you can adapt and be innovative and that's yeah. what we're seeing here and they're they're mm-hmm. what we need to realize in college sports you know nil transfer portal that stuff's here and it's here to stay. And now conferences without regions are here to stay. It just is what it is. So you might as well get on top of it and get the best schools, get the best schools in your conference and stay alive. And, I, and the big 12 has done a good job with that. Even expanding on that. I have a, a theory that even though Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, that the big 12, even in football, the recruiting is going to improve because yeah. they're going to be able to sell to these kids this is if you're looking to play at the next level, we have the travel schedule that you're going to have to deal with. We have the issues of, you know, one week we're playing in Utah, the next week you're in Morgantown and guys that are, you know, coming in for two years and ready to skedaddle out of there. They might not just go to their local Georgias and LSUs anymore. They might find it intriguing, you know, going across the country and playing all this different competition. Mm-hmm. And you don't have an SEC schedule either. Yeah, you don't get to play uh, UT Martin or uh, Austin <laughs> once a year. All those those teams that incarnate that, word. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess what I mean from you, we saw it last year with TCU. You have a better, and this is why Oklahoma's making yeah. a huge mistake. Is they were in mm-hmm. the playoff almost every year. They had a chance almost every year, and now they're going to, you know, maybe once every couple years have a chance at the SEC championship. But you you have a better path to the top with more parity you're definitely not going to be worn down as much as you would be going through the last four or five weeks of an sec schedule. Oh yeah. I know it's, I mean, it's going to be parody from top to bottom in the big 12, but it's still not, you're not going to have to go three banger teams in a row that are just going to try to like shove it down the middle or something on you. Just crawl. It just, into se- like a it just seems like the big 12 actually had a plan on what they wanted to do before yep. they decided to do it instead of just winging it. And it kind of shows now because things are looking really, really up in the big 12. Completely agree. And you know what else is looking up? Circus sports, Circa millions and Circus survivor are back, baby. 14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circa millions, five NFL picks ATS each week. Circus survivor, just pick a different money line each week. All you got to do is survive each and every week. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend in August, and they will also be out there for week number one of the NFL. CircaSports.com for all the details. CircaSports.com. Well, hey, Rush, what would you do with that money if you won $14 million? Gamble more and try to win $28 million. <laughs> put it all on black. I like yeah, that. Yeah, put it all on black. Let's go. Now I got $28 million. <laughs> you heard it right there. Uh, so make sure you go over to uh, circusports.com for all the details to enter the contest today. All right, guys, back on the um, Big 12 College Experience, the newest and best show on the part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Let's uh, let's dive into, we talked about how we got here, 14 teams for one year, down to 12. Let's let's talk about the the topic that never ends, expansion. Mm. potential new teams that um, that the Big 12 could add. Your mark has already teased that, hey, Gonzaga, UConn, he throws out everybody. He, this is what's great about your mark is 
he he's not afraid to fail and he he's he's definitely not afraid to just go different i throughout different ideas and if and if it works it great if not he just moves on to the next idea i'll let you lead it off rush um first of all who do you think they will add and and what do you think the timetable as well on potentially adding these teams as well well, it sounds like Colorado is inevitable at, at this point, yeah. unless there's some 11th hour stuff. Obviously, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We try to get as close as we can to those closed doors. Um, but it, it, it definitely seems like Colorado is inevitable. Um, it sounds like Arizona was going to partner with them. And if you get those two, then you'll also get the four corner schools. You'll get Arizona State and you'll get Utah in there. And from the BYU perspective, you absolutely want Utah in there. You want the Holy War. I think the strategy your mark is doing and it's going to be it's going to be a slow one you know this stuff takes time is he's he's combining kind of doing it we'll call it the big 12 east and the big 12 west the big 12 east i think is going to be kind of like the old big east he's going to get as much of that as he possibly can especially he's holding meetings in west virginia and he's going to make kind of west virginia that center of of the, the big 12 East, or at least the big 12, what was once the outlier will now be the center. And I think on the other side, he's going to go after those pac 12 old wax schools, Western athletic conference, mountain West schools. And he's going to just make this powerhouse big 12 conference. He's just going to pick up those old classic teams. And I, I think, I don't think there's a necessarily uh, a particular order that he's definitely going to do it. I think it's more of, of the second he sniffs vulnerability. Okay, Colorado's vulnerable right now. You know, they're not really happy with the deal. Okay, get them. It, it, I, they're setting out to, to time it all. Kind of that first domino to fall mm-hmm. sort of thing. But, I, I mean, if we're talking the next one, low-hanging fruit, it's, it's definitely Colorado. How about you, yeah. Troy? There's a really cool world where uh, USC and UCLA decide to renege on their Big Ten agreement and wait for Lincoln <laughs> Riley to leave or wait for OU to leave and Lincoln Riley comes back to the Big 12 the very next year. Now, that would be a hell of a move. I uh, I would really like that if Lincoln Riley came back right as Oklahoma left just to see the rest of the uh, – and I hate to say it as an Oklahoma fan, but like the 89 Oklahoma fan ba- – 89 IQ Oklahoma fan base would go ballistic. It would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think you could look out for a school like University of South Florida. Uh, that could be an okay, like maybe two or three years down the road ad if they're still looking to expand, especially with they already having UCF there. It wouldn't hurt to get a school like South Florida near all of that. Like the central and South Florida area of football recruiting is nuts. Mm-hmm. And just picking up an extra school there could always help. Even if it means they're not going to commit there, they know, you know, we got a game at, in Tampa even though I'm playing for West Virginia, the whole family can come and see me play, stuff like that. I don't think it would hurt. I think uh, I do think a team like Utah is probably higher up on the list just because of how much better their athletic department is at the current time. But once you get – I mean, if you get Arizona, you're also getting Arizona State. That's mm-hmm. pretty much a lock. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Big 12 move towards like 18 or 20 teams here – in you know 2028 or so i i think a, a, another thing that we uh we will keep monitoring here on the big 12 experience is what's going to happen with the acc i think it's like you said rush i think it's inevitable that the pac-12 it is is, is g- g- gonna collapse um in some form or fashion maybe they merge with the mountain west maybe 
to uh, save the league in 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 a way, I guess, saving the league. But Colorado, I, I would be shocked if Colorado is not a member of the Big Twelve and Arizona, Utah. They're they're they've been on their high horse a little bit, but when they realize that the Pac twelve is caving, they're gonna jump quick to the Big Twelve and get over their ego um, in terms of their hatred with BYU. But I, I'm also looking east. What's going to happen with the ACC? I know they contractually they're, they had that TV agreement through 2036, but you look at a Louisville, uh, Virginia Tech. I mean, us personally, we would love Pitt in the Big 12 because we can oh, beat yeah. their ass in football and basketball um, on a yearly basis. So, yeah, each hit Pitt. This is an each hit Pitt co- uh, podcast as well. So, yeah, uh, as like Texas. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an anti-Texas and Pitt uh, podcast. So if you're a fan of those teams, good luck uh, listening to this show this season. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look east too. What, what what happens with the ACC? Well, the ACC, right? Didn't it, it already come out that seven of the eight teams colleges want to look yeah, other places, the and group. they need well, they need yeah. eight, and they have seven so far. Which that that's the thing about the ACC, and and that's why you have to give credit to the big 12 is round. The ACC's come become very complacent and they become, became very complacent on seemed like Clemson that's winning every year in terms of football. That was their football check Mark. And then basketball, you had Bayheim, you had Roy Williams, you had coach K all the, that old school's gone. And we saw how well the ACC did in the tournament last year. Don't, I mean, it, it's, What's what's going to keep any business, any conference, any school, any team going is innovation, young blood, and keep these things going. And that's what the Big Twelve is. And I don't. I think the Big Twelve now is also in a position. Is we hear like some news, like seven of the eight AC schools are doing this, or Colorado wants to do this. And I think everyone's like, oh, we got to get them now. We got to get them now. I think part of this too is also a waiting game and being patient mm-hmm. and waiting for that opportunity to come because we love fantasizing about this stuff. We could talk conference expansion if I could go three four hours on this podcast and talk about it alone and go through each and every school but i think a lot of that stuff is people get up caught up in like the fantasy of it or the storylines behind it whereas you know the ones running at the executives your mark he's like he's just waiting for that moment when something is vulnerable and then pounces and that's and that's what we that's what we're seeing so i think they hold the cards right now the um the acc domino we're waiting on is probably if Florida State decides to go somewhere else, the rest yeah. of it is going to be chaos. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't they? I don't think the Big 12 has too big of a chance at getting Florida State. And because of that, you can do exactly what Rush said, is just kind of wait for the first big domino to fall and maybe clean up some scraps without you know mm-hmm. too much effort going into it. So, so currently they're at 14. Next year will be 12, most likely going to be at 16 in the next couple of years. What number do you think your mark will finish around? Well, I already said 18 or 20. I would think 20. I think they need yeah. two 10 divisions. I think 20, and then you could see a couple basketball-only schools. Like a like a Gonzaga? Yeah, like Gonzaga, yeah. Creighton. We've talked about Creighton, Creighton on yeah. the Ryan and Rush show, Ryan. Um, is just a couple, make it 22, but I think 20's, I think 20's right can have two two divisions you play your division you could i i'm personally a fan of the pod system that and you just play different but so that you still like divisions yeah yeah but even like four division yeah instead of you know two two different ones because obviously as a fan of west virginia and byu if you start to make it two then those schools could never play and i get 
that's maybe not the first matchup that's coming to the Big 12's mind. Like, oh, we got to make sure West Virginia and BYU. But you kind of want to create these rivalries and you want to create these things and you want to make sure you're not playing the same nine teams every year. Even though we're used to that in the Big 12 because there was only 10 teams up to this point every year. So basketball was a true round robin and football as you played everyone in there. Unfortunately, those days don't happen anymore. So, but you still need to mix it up a good bit. I would uh, I would call UConn a basketball only school, but lest we forget that they named themselves national champions uh, in the COVID <laughs> year, the first year, team yeah. to uh, forfeit all their games. So round of applause for national champions. Well, UConn. well, actually, it's getting stripped because the New York Post has gotten rid of their sports section. Oh. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it was... <laughs> they they, they should have got rid of it the day after that stupid article was written. Yeah. <laughs> they wish um, they were UCF with a football national title. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of UCF, I think UCF one day could compete for a national championship with their jump to from the American to the Big Twelve. I think what that that's the sleeping giant in this league now with the resources down in Florida, and now that they're going to have a Power Five budget, money, NIL. I think that that I think they're. Out of out of the newcomers, I would say Central Florida is probably the biggest sleeping giant. Obviously, Rush BYU's got a national brand. I don't think people realize they how don't. popular BYU is and how 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 big a brand that is. Believe it or not, there's Mormons everywhere. Whether you like yeah. it or not, there are Mormons <laughs> everywhere. They're just they they are they're there. So yes, I agree. From a regional perspective, um, with UCF, obviously being in Orlando, a lot of people live there. Florida, they're going to get a lot of money. Um, and they can do some great stuff. I mean, like you just said, look how well they've done with without the Big 12 brand. And now without NIL, without transfer portals, yes, at UCF, you know, a couple years, Sleeping Giant, absolutely. But then, yeah, the BYU brand is – it's a big one. I mean, it is the quarterback factory. was the quarterback factory for – I'll say it still is because it is. I mean, Jaron Hall just got drafted, you know – say what you want about Zach Wilson, but, I mean, he was the number two pick. And, yeah. I mean, it's – and, you know, John Beck – you know, Steve Young, John all those Beck's guys. Name. John, I'm trying to think yeah. of the more like I know yeah. of all like Steve Sarkeesian, the coach of Texas, yeah. the alcoholic Mormon. He was our quarterback. I mean, that's the, the thing irony. Is, yeah. So <laughs> they, yeah, um, the, the BYU brand, but they they hit everywhere in the country because obviously that's more devoted towards in a religion group. But there's, as you guys know, it's BYU has a lot of money as well. How much money is Mitt Romney probably hiding somewhere in some account? So. Mormons oh, yeah. have money, whether they want to show it or not. So, yeah, you're right. Two two big brands. It may take a second um, getting into the Big 12, but they, they're they going to be here to stay. Is is the Big 12 going after, like, the unification of every religion? Yeah, the, the <laughs> diversity. It's yeah. Got a vari- mean, variety of everything. Yeah. And just to expand on the UCF thing, just like I was talking about with USF, uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to the way the transfer portal and everything works now, it's such a hotbed recruiting area down there in Central and South Florida that if somebody goes, thinks they're like a, an Alabama caliber player, and after one year they realize maybe I'm not, they're transferring right back home to UCF. They're going to pick up a bunch of four-star and three-star guys that never really got a chance to show anything. Ah. They have a good football program. They've got a lot of support down there. They, they really have something good going. Uh, a great ad for the Big 12, for sure. I've, I think it might come back to haunt some of the schools that think UCF might be a, a bit of a pushover, though. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, UCF, I'm, I'm looking forward to them in the Big 12. Um, but also looking forward to underdog fantasy. Got to get us paid, and we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Mm-hmm. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win on the underdog, and the underdog is available in so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, I did my job and uh, got us paid, and that will be the final ad of this show. Um, For your best ball mania at Royal Liverpool, make sure you take Rory. The last time they had it there. (laughs) Go check out the Golf Gambling Podcast, too. We do it all over here at SGPN. Um, all right, let's transition into preseason media rankings that were released last week. Uh, for those wondering, the Big 12 media day will be Thursday, July 13th, and we will react Friday afternoon with our uh, instant reactions, quotes, um, just storylines that come out of media day. So make sure you tune in the rest of the week. for uh, We'll have two more shows this week um, before and after the media day. Number one, uh, this is wrong, so we'll just we'll kick it off right away. Texas uh, received the most votes, 41 uh, first-place votes. They're really talented this year. It's not like they haven't been talented in every in the last 10 years when they've been preseason pick one, and they never do. So that's wrong. Horns down. Um, <laughs> K-State is uh, two, the defending uh, Big 12 football champions, the, the instant classic uh, game against TCU in overtime. Oklahoma, the other departing member, is number three. They re- received four first-place votes. Kind of the team that everybody's fallen in love with as a potential sleeper, Texas Tech. Um, they also received four, four first-place votes. Been a strong last year, so big year, big expectations for Coach McGuire and Lubbock. The defending uh, national runner-up, TCU Horn Frogs, they received three first-place votes. They're coming in at five. The Big 12 champion from two years ago, Baylor, Sikkim, they are six. Oklahoma State uh, is seven. Gundy always has them in the hunt, so I, I expect nothing le- uh, nothing but the same there in Stillwater this year. They actually received a first-place vote somehow. I don't know who Mail-in ballots. Gundy's yeah. got the mail-in ballots going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gundy's rigging this. Just, I don't yeah. know who that. They lost like 18 players. I, even if you think that they're a sleeper, I don't know how you rank them number one in the preseason. It's, yeah, it's probably OAN the, sports, shirt it's, on. The, it's the OAN sports columnist. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that he had to give a million dollars back. Total ridiculous <laughs> hypocrisy. But, yeah, we won't go down that path. Uh, there's other avenues that can cover that. Central Florida comes in at eight, newest, the highest uh, new member ranked. Um, Kansas number nine. So I, this is the highest I can ever remember Kansas in, in football. And that that was when it was only 10 teams. So they're at number nine. Iowa State is at number 10. Kind of they lost all those close games last year. And then you start kidding uh, all the new members. You got BYU, the Cougars at number 11. Followed by Dana Holgerson, Mr. Red Bull, uh, Houston Cougars coming in at 12. Cincinnati is 13, so they are the lowest ranked, newest member post uh, Luke Fickle era. And last but not least, um, go check out the Ryan and Russ show, by the way, where Russ and I will cover uh, West Virginia sports year round. 
Our Mountaineers are ranked 14th. I'm going to tell you right now, they're not finishing 14th. This is actually ridiculous that they're ranked this low. And honestly, not only were they ranked last, they were ranked last by a mile. They weren't even close to Cincinnati and Houston. So, Russell, hand it off to you. Initial thoughts on uh, the first 14 team ranking in Big 12 history. I'm I'm with you, obviously, in terms of West Virginia, uh, especially coming from Morgantown. Don't want them to shut off the Wi-Fi. No, only kidding. But yeah, what, and we'll go. Of course, we're going to go in depth about these teams more. Um, I also think you brought up the Iowa State. I was on that. Uh, we did the preview with Colby the other day. Mm-hmm. Iowa State lost six one possession games last year. You could, yeah. you know, a couple of those could be calls. A couple of those could be one thing or the other. Um, usually when you see that many losses of one possession games, you see it turn around. Um, I do like Iowa state. My record might've been a a little liberal, um, on the preview show, but Iowa state, I think they're good for seven, eight wins in there. Something about Troy, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you here. Why? I know people love the Texas tech sleeping giant. I know the couple others there. I'm not hearing a lot of Baylor buzz. And I just have this feeling about Baylor this year. They, I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor won the Big Twelve. I, I really, I really wouldn't be surprised at all. I know they lost three secondary guys to Arkansas, but Aranda is a really like linebacker and you know front seven oriented guy, and that's going to be their strength anyways. But nobody's really talking about how much talent they're returning on the offensive side. I guess they lost you know some offensive linemen, but they were able to get the. Uh, I can't remember their last name. The two brothers that transferred in that are, it's almost like having starters keeping the quarterback continuity. I mean, I know Blake Shapin's not going to light the world on fire, but he's also not going to throw the ball to the other team yeah. three times a game. So I, I really, I don't get the preseason hype behind Texas tech. I, I mean, I see them winning, you know, six games or seven games or something like that, but I see Baylor ceiling as a 10 win team. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if you, they go, you know, eight and four or something like that. I, I, I think, agree. I think the hype with Texas Tech coming into the year is how they finished the season last year. They finished really strong. Um, they won their last, what was it? It was the four games. They blew out Ole Miss in the bowl game. And they just played really sound football down the stretch. And um, I, I, I think people just start thinking that they're going to take another step here. I'm, I'm looking at this, and I literally could make a case uh, – for about 10 teams that could win the Big 12 this year, in my opinion. I don't think West Virginia can win it, so I'll, I'll throw that out there. I'm not biased. We will be fair that. about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think – I think that they're not – I guarantee they're not going to finish 14th, but they're not going to win it. I don't think Cincinnati could win it. I don't think Houston could win it. Call me crazy. I think, B, I think BYU and up, 1 through 11, you can make a case. If everything breaks their way, um, they stay healthy, another year in the system. Because BYU's – I'll make the case for BYU. They they play a Power Five schedule year after year, so this isn't mm-hmm. going to be something new to them. And I and I also think, like, I, I I'm with you, Troy. I don't get the hype for Texas. I I get that they're talented, and I'm not just being a Texas hater. But I saw time after time when Quinn Ewers went on the road, inconsistent, and they just I, I mean they, they lose Bijan Robinson. And I know that they're talented, but they're talented literally every single year. You know they're going to drop two or three games they shouldn't just because they're Texas and they choke. I just I think Quinn Ewers is overrated coming into this year personally. How are you going to pick a team to win ten or eleven games when the head coach is thirteen and twelve as the head coach of the team? Yes, 
Yeah, and I mean, you you would think that they're coming off a twelve and two, not yeah. eight and five. It's and unbelievable. There is a chance that Quinn Ewers only starts like five or six games before they just decide to go with somebody else. Manny. Yeah, yeah. let Arch play. <laughs> yeah, Archie. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how they rank them above K State. I was like dumbfounded when I saw that. I was like, "How are you?" K State brings almost everybody back, other than Vaughn, and arguably they have the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Um, once Martinez went down, um, I, I, I don't see how you. I don't see how you rank Texas above K State. Me personally, I think Kansas State would have been my like safe pick to put as the preseason number one in the conference, just mm-hmm. not, you know, looking at the names Texas and Oklahoma and immediately putting them up there. Kansas State, I mean, they they could have won the Big 12. if They probably could have done the same thing to Michigan that TCU did. If yeah, because they would have ran not, the ball. If Michigan yeah. decided not to show up, Kansas State probably could have beat them. I mean, they would have lost to Georgia 62-7 to as well, but, you know. I just, I don't think Texas or Oklahoma are going to compete for the Big 12 title, though. Let me let me ask you guys, because obviously the question is who's going to kind of come to the top from last year. What do you guys think? Is it going to be? But I'll even throw Kansas in there of Kansas, because I know Kansas kind of, but they got the injuries and they completely outperformed the Kansas of Kansas, Kansas State and TCU. Which which of those are going to take a major step back this year. Maybe not a major step back, but at least a step back. I, I one of those t- is. Yeah, I gotta think it's going to be TCU I with all so those too. all those close games. Time at like the Baylor game still in my mind, where they run out and somehow kick a walk off field goal. They should have lost in Morgantown. I think K State set up more for success because they bring Will Howard back. In my opinion, the best quarterback in the Big Twelve, and they got a bunch of offensive line and defensive linemen back. Uh, Kansas is intriguing though, because I don't think that they were a one hit wonder because I, they bring back, I think 16 starters, uh, obviously Daniels is electric. I, I think that they're, sh- they're going to be really, really good offensively again. My, my concern with Kansas though, is I think our expectations of them have been so low for yes. so long and because they significantly exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Then we get into like, oh, Kansas is hype. Kansas is they're legit. Where I get, where does Kansas end up evening out? Though that's the question. Do they? Is this kind of should we expect this is the new Kansas and they'll be a anywhere from a five and seven to a seven and five team every year, or are they going to be on the up and up? And we're going to be talking about Kansas here in the next couple of years of being like, oh wow, they have a chance to win it all this year. I think in the long run, the uh, seven and five area is where you'll see them be. But I think this upcoming year, they've got a chance to win eight or nine games as well. TCU has to be the one out of that group that takes a step back because they lose their quarterback and not just a normal quarterback yeah, for the college Dugan. level either. Yeah. But like with Howard at K-State and Jalen at Kansas, when's the last time the Kansas schools have had the two best quarterbacks in the <laughs> I know it's wild. And you look at what Lance Leipold's done there in Kansas, two and 10 his first year, which he hit the over. So he overachieved yeah. that year. They're over under that year was one, I think. And uh, six and seven last year. And they lost that crazy Liberty bowl game to, uh, I think it was Arkansas. Yeah. That game was, that game was the best bowl game arguably of the bowl season. But I think, 
I think he's a really good coach. And last year was the first time he had a true offseason because he got the job late and didn't have a usual offseason his first year. I think the other thing that that the media is not accounting for with Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to get everybody's best shot. It's the final time to beat Texas's ass, Oklahoma's ass. And I think we saw that last year. Like TCU completely ran up the score in Oklahoma, and they they did not feel bad at all. I, I think about what te- how Texas collapsed at, in Stillwater, how they collapsed in Lubbock, just because like they're going to get – they always did get the best shot from everybody, but it's on a whole different scale this year. It's the final time to beat Texas and Oklahoma before they go to the SEC. So I don't see, I don't see how either of them run through this league. Do, do you think on the reverse end of that, though, that Oklahoma and Texas are going to have a sense of urgency that they haven't had in the past, knowing this is their cleanest and easiest way to get – to a final four it could could be but i when there's pressure on texas they never come through. that's fair so too it's like it's really I, I and then i mean venables i mean he, he last year was a disappointment uh what they fit they finished six and seven i think six they, yeah because they lost the the bowl game the bowl florida game state. florida state yeah they lost the bowl game so yeah six and seven and then yeah it's all the pressures on those two schools this year and I'm not back in Texas with all the pressure on him. I can tell you that. The, That's the fair. Other thing, the other thing yeah. you have to remember when you look at Kansas's record from last year is they probably win maybe three more games if Jalen doesn't get hurt. At least they're yeah. at least an eight-win team if Jalen doesn't get hurt. But they might have been pushing that nine or ten. Yeah, it all started. I mean, speaking of Texas, I mean, even though that two and ten year. Uh, from Lance, I mean, that's that Texas game is when it started turning around for Kansas oh, yeah. when they beat them in overtime. What Texas a game! That, awesome. that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. It, so for some reason, we always remember the Texas losses. It's like every single lot, like it, I read them off right off the top of my head. The Texas Tech game in the Oklahoma State. It's like, how did they lose those games because they're Texas and they and they and they always choke? So should beat Alabama last year too. They should have beat that. They they played well against Alabama. Maybe they will be good in the SEC. Who knows? I will say this about Venables, though, is I don't think you can hold. I think this is the year we ask if he's a good coach. Because last year, I mean, just going to a bowl is actually, I mean, his whole team left to USC with um, Lincoln Riley. And I'm sure he he definitely lost other people that, you know, they thought they'd be coached by Lincoln at OU. I think this is the, I don't really, actually, if anything, the fact that he went six and six, I give him some credit for that. But I think that's, this is, can he coach? Can he be a head coach? They return a pretty. Good. They return a pretty talented quarterback too in Martinez, right? What's the uh, the old UCF kid, the left-handed guy? Yeah, I thought he was. I think he's back this year. He came back. Yeah, yeah, no, he did come back, and and Oklahoma also they 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 got a little bit of bad luck on the injury front last year. I thought, I thought um, when Gabriel went down on that slide, that that kind of took the. Uh, air out of their season for what it was even uh left because it was already trending that way but when he went down i was like oh they're oklahoma's done i mean they, they lost to west virginia they never lose to west virginia that's how you knew it was a bad of course oklahoma the year, year it doesn't matter for west Virginia. Yeah. the year west virginia beats oklahoma state and oklahoma it doesn't even matter let uh I'll, I'll let you lead this one off troy out of the four newcomers who is going to struggle the most and it's going to hit them wow we're in the big 12 we're not in we'll say the american or wherever, uh, whichever league these guys were coming from. I guess the Mountain West with uh, BYU and the Americans the other ones. I've oh, yeah, a, they were they were independent, yeah. I've got to lean with UCF being the hardest hit by playing a full schedule of week-in, week-out tough games. 
Um, if it would have been, you know, two or three years ago when they came into the league, it would be a completely different story. But they're they're still kind of trying to build back up their talent. And they're kind of used to having, you know, uh, at least three or four weeks of the season where you can kind of take it easy through walkthroughs and maybe skip over a few things and still be able to get a victory. I think UCF gets hit the hardest. I think Cincinnati has the worst record in the league. But I think that has way more to do with the coaching change and a whole talent turnover. How about you, Rush? Yeah, it'll definitely be a down year for Cincinnati, but I don't think Cincinnati's hiding behind that either, which is, it's it's fine. Uh, this is the year for that. I actually, and this is a team no one's really, I think, talking about one way or another, good or bad. I think Houston's in for a really rough year. And I think Dana's going to, I think Dana's not even... My, I don't even know if this is a bold prediction or not. I'm just prediction. I don't think Dane is going to last the year. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me. Him yeah. and Neil, ironically, I mean, Neil replaces Dana at West Virginia, and they're both on the hot seat. Um, I would probably lean more with Cincinnati, in my opinion, because, A, you're, you're going through a coaching change and a league change. It's just losing Fickle was huge, and, and Satterfield – I, I liked him at Louisville, but I don't know. I felt like his teams didn't always achieve. Didn't he? He didn't usually get the most out of his teams. I felt like they left some wins on the tables year in and year out at Louisville. Um, BYU already talked about it. I like that they are used to the schedule. Houston. The only thing I will say about Dan, Dana's coach in the Big Twelve. So that would be the one positive if I'm trying to be positive. Houston, but I don't think their roster is very good either. Them and he, uh, Cincinnati, I think. We'll be fighting for last place. I I agree, and I and think, the thing I think it depends on what week Houston plays Oklahoma State on whether Dana gets to keep his job or not because I would almost guarantee it that he's going to beat Gundy. But besides that, I don't know if yeah. there's anything else you can look at in the league and say like, oh man, they've got over a 60% chance of winning this game. I think some of their best shots to win games are going to be 50-50 or even 40% chances where they just get lucky and get a bounce or something like that. But I yeah, I don't I don't Houston will win four games maybe. Yeah, no, I I, I it wouldn't surprise me. I, their roster's not that good, but looking forward to covering it. Uh, week in and week out, and then it'll be basketball season before we know it, too. So we'll talk about how these teams transition in basketball as well. Um, like I said, we got two more shows uh, this week, and then we'll be we'll be going live three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So set to, make sure you subscribe to the college experience, college football experience, basketball, all come together as one on YouTube. So make sure your notifications are turned on. And, hey, don't be lazy. Subscribe. So – it takes, it takes 10 seconds out of your day. It really helps with uh, the long term of the show. And, and like I said, we'll react to media day later in the week, and then we will preview each and every uh, 14 of these teams throughout the month of August as we lead up to our favorite weekend of the year, Labor Day. Hmm. But before we get out of here, uh, Rush, tell everybody where to find you, uh, different shows you got going on. Let, let everybody know where to find you. At Rambling Rush on Twitter and Instagram, I guess Threads now. <laughs> Figure that one out. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah. You can uh, find us, me and good old Moneyline Mac on the Ryan and Rush Show. If you can hit yep. a, a subscription for the YouTube as well on that, be much appreciated. And you, Mister uh, Big Twelve Guru. 
Uh, the only place you can find me all the time is probably on Twitter. And it's just yeah. my full name. It's it's at Troy Tuning, which is C-H-E-W-N-I-N-G. But yeah, I just want to say if anybody that's happen, happening to be watching over the next few days is going to go to Big 12 Media Days, try to sneak in a couple of airplane bottles and see if you can get Mr. Sarkeesian liquored up before he goes up on stage. I'm looking for some <laughs> dumb Texas quotes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we will uh, we will definitely have our antennas up with Sarkeesian's on the mic. So, like I said, we're us three. I can speak for all of us. We are super excited, grateful oh, yeah. for this opportunity to talk about our favorite league, the Big Twelve. We all all three of us have watched the Big Twelve, been fans of the Big Twelve, and now we do a show about the Big Twelve. So we're excited about the future of the Big Twelve college experience as well as the college experience in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So. Looking forward to uh, getting that chat li- live. Uh, I don't know what the term. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I live don't know chat. what I'm saying. Yeah, live <laughs> chat. I, I can't talk right now. I'm on vacation. So good luck, uh, everybody, with whatever the hell you're betting on since it's the All-Star break, home, der- home run derby. So go check out the MLB Gambling Podcast. Um, and we will see you on Wednesday. And don't forget to let it ride.